welcome to uh, the second of our three primer episodes for the two-year Bible. It's uh, Chris and Sarah hey. here, and we are this session going to cover a question of kind of how to read your Bible, uh, how to ask the right questions, how to open up Scripture, and go through the process that we kind of want you to be walking through. And so, so Chris, uh, yeah, sorry, what no, was your experience with learning to do this? Why is this something we care so much about? <clears throat> yeah, I, I think a lot of people in a lot of churches struggle to teach people probably the, the right ways to, to open up a text, to ask questions, to, to connect the dots between the old and the new, to think through um, how how the text speaks about God, how the text speaks about Jesus, how the text speaks to us in, in a way that doesn't cause us to, to just do morality lessons. All those sort of things I think are really, really important. Uh, and so uh, what about you? What was sort of your process uh, in, in learning how I to read your Bible well? For me, it was really hearing probably for the first time the talk, the biblical basis of missions and looking at Genesis 12 and realizing that we are blessed to be a blessing and seeing that thread throughout all scripture. And then a few years ago, getting connected with the Charles Simeon Trust, where they teach you how to study and exegete a passage of scripture. That plus my time at Resonate, uh, it's hard for me to remember days going to a church where we weren't teaching line by line, word for word, <laughs> through a passage, looking at the context. But it's it's dramatically increased my love for scripture and my desire to study it grows more and more as I understand these things when we study the Bible. Yeah, it's for a lot of reasons uh, a, a bit of a, a hard place for people to walk into and not know context, not know history, not know the questions to ask and to just sort of open up and hope for some lesson to be personal. And I don't know if it's a book that's designed for that uh, and um, making sure that people can walk through in a way that doesn't feel abstract uh, for them, that that feels like they can understand the text that they're walking through. Yeah, Um, so help us to understand the overall book of the Bible. What are the different parts of it, and what is that? Yeah, and I don't want to be exhaustive here, uh, and and we're going to link in the show notes uh, some of the stuff in the Bible Project, which give great, great overviews of Scripture. But when you open up your Old Testament, you kind of have these, what are called the books of Moses, the the Torah, the Pentateuch, there's a lot of different names for the first five books, but um, books that are pretty well known for many of us, uh, particularly when we start Bible plans, we get through those and then sometimes things fall off. But uh, from Genesis, Exodus, uh, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, you kind of walk through uh, those books. We get a little bit of history after that through Joshua, through Judges. We get kind of highs and lows of Israel's history in some ways. And uh, and then we get into these other books that um, also are sometimes hard to digest because they're telling histories. And then there's parallel histories with those of, of, of books, uh, like Kings and Samuel and then Chronicles. And, uh, and we'll, we'll talk through that of when those different books are written and why, uh, when we get to those. Uh, but during those books, during those histories, things like the prophets show up, uh, you have Kings that are struggling, you have kingdoms that are struggling and these different prophets all start speaking. And, uh, we have long prophets, short prophets, prophets that speak at all these different times. And, uh, we'll talk through where they fit and why they fit and when they're saying what they're saying and why that matters, uh, which I think are really important. I, I, I would argue that, um, particularly here in the West, uh, at least particularly here in America, the prophets are sometimes really lost on us uh, and we don't appreciate them uh, for what they say and where they say and why they're saying them. Maybe sometimes because they speak a little too personally uh, to what we struggle with here in our own country. But, um, and and then uh, we get into New Testament 
we get these uh, gospel books, these these four different gospel books uh, that do have some overlap, but I think are very much meant to be read uh, as uh, their own individual stories. Uh, and then we get letters. We suddenly get mail, which is a whole new genre, which we'll talk about in the next, po- next podcast of reading other people's mail uh, and what that means to us. And then all throughout, we get uh, a few different uh, things like apocalyptic literature in the end, like Revelation, and a couple of the prophets feel that way too. So we'll talk about some of those in the genre section, but that kind of gives you the lay of the land of how, in general, all these books are arranged and um, we might even link to a, an article on how the Old Testament uh, in uh, is arranged by Jewish people versus how Protestants have rearranged it and maybe even why that matters so um, I yeah, think that's so, an important conversation but uh, we don't have to cover that right now so what we're seeing here is the Old Testament is what happens before Christ was born it's a history of the people of Israel who God had appointed and given these promise to of Christ we have the Gospels which are telling the story in the life of Jesus and then everything beyond that is what happens after Christ is crucified and raised and ascends into heaven. Yeah, and and the beauty there is that, uh, and we will we'll sit we'll talk about this, but it tells one big story, mm-hmm. um, which we call meta narrative. Do you want to talk about meta narrative, Sarah? Just what how we talk yeah. about that? Yeah. So the whole Bible, oftentimes we'll break it up into different books and think each one is uh, like maybe a whole different story, but really it's telling one story and that's God's plan to glorify himself and to restore a fallen sinful people to himself through the death of his son on the cross to cover our sins. So every single book of the Bible helps tell that story. Uh, We have this idea that we look at when we read all of the Bible of creation, the fall, redemption, and consummation. So creation, we'll talk about this a little bit more in the Genesis podcast, but creation is the creation of man. The fall is Genesis 3, when we sinned and broke that relationship with God. Redemption is that Christ came and forgave us our sins. And then consummation is we when we see that achieve its fulfillment in the new heavens and the new earth. So everything that we read in the Bible, this whole meta narrative, is to point to Christ and his life and death to, to cover our sins and restore our relationship with God. Yeah, and and we'll get to different texts that deal with those. So it's not like we read Genesis one through three and then s- jump immediately to redemption yeah. uh, in in the Gospels. But uh, even the different Old Testament stories will have different highlights of of sections that either point back to creation, that point out the, the problem of the fall, that point forward to this redemption that that is to come. And and maybe there's redeeming parts of the story now, but there's a better redemption and a better uh, consummation uh, in the end. And so um, I think an important question sometimes to ask is where does this story fit into the giant story mm-hmm. fits into the giant narrative uh, and so uh, I think sometimes we don't ask that question enough so we're reading about David and we're, we get some good lessons about David's faith about David's heart for God but how, how does David fit into the bigger story which I think is a really important question um, but it's also good to remember uh, that the Bible itself is written for us, but not to us. Um, as we sort of ask questions of Scripture, also remembering that there's an original audience that's going to hear this text, that's going to think about this text, who's going to have a cultural norm in this text that's going to be very different uh, than our own uh, sometimes. And um, making sure that, that we have that in mind uh, whenever we approach any of these texts, right. that um, that how an ancient Israelite will hear something will be different than how we hear something and how uh, 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 people in the Galilee region who are steeped in scripture um, hears things is going to be a little different. And so uh, making sure that we remember that. And and uh, Sarah, you said something about sort of the exile that I think is really important for us to remember too, um, about how we read it as 
as New Testament people. Right, yeah. So Israel lived in the promised land for a while, but for a lot of the story of the Bible that we read, they were in exile, which means they were not in their homeland, but they were in somebody else's land waiting to return. And so as we read the Bible, we need to read it more as people who understand that we are in exile. You know, Peter in the New Testament calls us exiles. We understand that our home is in heaven, and so as we approach scripture and interpret it, we need to look at it as people who are living in exile and not people who are in their official promised land yet. Yeah. And so when you, when you open scripture, what are, what are you, what are questions you like to ask or or feel like are central questions to kind of walk through um, whenever you, you kind of encounter a passage? Yeah. Well, I, I think to begin with, it's really important that we ask questions when we read scripture, depending on the background you grew up. And a lot of people, I think, were taught just to take the Bible at face value yeah. and kind of suspend their any kind of problem solving or critical thinking. But we want to approach it as an academic text. It's not fully academic and it's inspired. Um, the Holy Spirit leads us in our understanding, but it's important to ask questions. And if there's something that makes me feel uncomfortable or makes you feel uncomfortable, ask, why is this in here if this makes me feel uncomfortable? Yeah, uh, I heard someone talk about it as sort of, um, uh, particularly particularly in Old Testament text, but New Testament text too, that sometimes when things are weird, the, the, the author is being weird for a reason and wants you to, to dive in and ask questions a little bit deeper. Um, and sometimes we have a, particularly if we've read through the Bible a lot or even just a few times, um, sometimes I have a lullaby effect over asking questions of the text too, which, which is problematic. Uh, I think we are designed to ask texts like, Hey, there's a snake and it's talking. Why is that there? That and and weird. yeah, and, and sometimes we just kind of take it for granted of, well, there's a snake and it was talking and it's Satan. We just move on with our lives. Uh, but an ancient Israelite knows snakes don't talk. And so why, why is the author, uh, doing that? Why is God telling us that in the story uh, about the snake? And and not not to discount the historicity, but there might be a deeper meaning of why uh, that's happening there. And so, yeah, approach text, ask questions. I think it's really, really important in faith. And um, too often I encounter people who come in and, and being um, as if they were never taught to ask questions and hard questions of the text, which yeah. is problematic, I think. Yeah, and I think that's when people hit this wall and suddenly say something hard happens in their life and they say, I can't follow God anymore. And it's because they haven't reconciled the things they don't understand in Scripture right. or they haven't ever employed their their logical thought process with that. Right. But I do think when we look at Scripture, we have to remember at the very beginning who this book is about. And it is about God before it's about me. And so if I open the Bible, if I flip to any page and try to find where I fit into this, you, I mean, you can ask that eventually, but first we have to ask, what does this teach me about God, the creator of the heavens and earth and, and the creator of me? What can I learn about him before I ask, how does this impact my life or what does this speak to my current situation? Yeah, I think uh, the, the culture of me overlay sometimes on scripture where we go, what, what, what do I get out of this? Uh, And I don't think that's how it's written. I think God's trying to tell a story of who he is. And in the process, he does tell us who we are, but uh, it is primarily a story Mm -hmm. about who he is. Yeah. And then I think the next question we need to ask is how is the original audience hearing this and understanding this? So if Israel is in exile, how are they reading this? Or if, um, you know, Paul is writing this from prison or from jail, to a persecuted church, how are they hearing it before I think, what does this mean to me as an American living in Atlanta? 
Yeah. And, and I think that's where, uh, sometimes we get stuck too. uh, we, we have a certain culture that we swim in and it's hard sometimes to read, uh, through, uh, maybe the more Eastern eyes or the more historic eyes of, of the audience. And that requires some, a little bit of work. That's partly why we're doing stuff like we're doing. Uh, sometimes it's helpful to, for, for others to sometimes teach us a few of those things, uh, just so you understand a little bit more of the context. Yeah. And I will say, you know, I think sometimes I struggle a little bit with the tension of thinking, I need to go to outside resources and sources to study and interpret the Bible. And those are really valuable. I don't mean to minimize those, but but we have talked a number of times about how the scripture gives us everything we need in and of itself. And so uh, look towards outside resources, talk to people, do this in community, but also understand that the more you know the Bible, which just takes practice with reading, the more you're going to understand the context just through what you've read in scripture. Yeah. And, and we'll even talk about that even when we talk about sort of the, the, the worldview question is how much the answers are sometimes in the text of even the weird things we read. Sometimes we read them and be like, there must have been something going on historically. But uh, I would argue more often than not, there's probably something actually in Scripture itself that helps clarify what is actually being said. Yeah. So the next question we ask after we think about the original audience is, how do we understand this in relation to Christ? So if everything in Scripture is pointing towards a life, death, resurrection of Jesus Christ, how does this specific passage show us that and point to that? In some places, it's super easy to do, uh, like in the Gospels when it's actually happening. In other places, it can be really challenging, but to really push to understand the Christ connection in every passage we read is important. Yeah, and and we're we're in a weird world where I think we're walking a a tension on that question right now uh, of... Um, I think it's I think it's essential in interpreting that we get to the Christ application, but sometimes I think we we also jump there immediately in certain crowds, depending on on what group you're around. Yeah. Of you, you read about David, and it's suddenly like, well, Jesus is a better David, and that's 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 where you get without sometimes going, okay, what what is being taught if you, for the original crowd there, which is the importance of the previous question of of what is what is the point there, uh, but uh, getting to the Christ part of that I think is essential too, and I think uh, depending on kind of your background, you may not have gotten there uh, and not been taught how to connect um, Joshua's story with with who Jesus is. Because Jesus, along the road to Emmaus, stops with these disciples and he goes, hey, uh, everything that's written in the law and the prophets, it's Mm -hmm. it's about me. And um, as soon as Jesus makes that statement, we have to now go into the Old Testament and go, okay, how is this related to Jesus? So it makes the Old Testament matter. Yeah, I think that's a really good piece to point out is that this argument of Christ being, us being able to find Christ where we look in scripture isn't just because we think it, it's because the Bible says it is. The Bible substantiates it. Jesus said it. (laughs) So, and I think the last question, once we look at what this is showing us about God, how the original audience interpreted it, where we can find Christ in it, we can ask, what does this mean for me? How does this inform the way I live my life? And it may not mean that you're supposed to buy the red house or the blue house, but it'll give you probably a deeper, greater understanding of what it looks like to be someone who follows Christ as an exile in this land waiting to receive and experience the full consummation of, in the new heavens and the new earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if eternal life is knowing God, as as that's what we know. And and so um, the the hope is as you learn what who God is like cuz he's telling us that that you would have that much more of an abundant life uh, knowing him, understanding him, uh, knowing how he's called us now to live. Um, so Sarah, why do you feel like the Old Testament really matters then? It's sometimes, uh, particularly in sort of this, the, 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 the church 
circles we sometimes swim in, it, it's sometimes uh, so New Testament focused. I even saw a stat on how many times some of the more celebrity pastors that we know teach on the Old Testament, and it's staggering how much the New Testament is taught versus the Old Testament. Um, but we, we at least, as we walk through this, we'll talk about why the Old Testament really matters. But, but why? What do you think? Gosh, this is going to sound so cheesy. I just really love the Old Testament, but I didn't love the Old Testament until I understood how to study it. And so the Old Testament, it's like a, I don't know, I feel like in some ways, again, cheesy, like you're on this treasure hunt to find the gospel and the character of God in the Old Testament and to see the way that he has planned to redeem it. And what a gift that we live on this side of Jesus Christ. And we understand, we can look back and see how all of it points to Christ. So it's this incredible revelation of the goodness and loving kindness or has said the steadfast love of God to his people throughout all generations and how in the Old Testament, you see so much brokenness and so much fallenness in the world. And to see how God continually comes in and redeems and saves people, not because they've earned it or deserved it, but because of who he is. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And um, we'll walk through this when we're doing the New Testament stuff, but the the amount of overlay between the new and the old um, is it's intense. Uh, I think in the show notes, we'll, I'll, I'll put the graphic of all the cross-references cross between the old and the new. Oh, it's yeah. this beautiful sort of... Uh, all these arcs uh, of cross-references because it, it is telling one story. It's meant to tell one story. And so um, just because we are a new covenant people, uh, and we'll talk about covenants and stuff more, but new covenant people doesn't mean that we don't ignore all the things that the new covenant was built upon. Uh, it, it's not as if there's these segmented times and they're all disconnected. It is so entwined. And so to not understand your Old Testament, I think sometimes is doing a major disservice to your New Testament uh, to, to not understand what the what the writer in the text is really saying. Yeah, I think as you read and study the New Testament, there's so many references, whether you're in the Gospels or the Epistles or anything like that, all to the Old Testament. And so I I have found personally that the more I study the New Testament, I always want to go back and study the Old Testament. So a couple years ago after I studied Hebrews, I immediately went and studied Exodus because there's so much parallel there. And, if, you know, we're doing that at as resonate now, or um, I've just been studying Romans and keep wanting to go back to um, Isaiah or the the Levitical law to understand and even more better understand and really treasure Romans and being freed from the law. Yeah, that's great. Um, I want to bring up just a a thing I I read from uh, Matt Smethurst, if that's how he pronounced his name, maybe Smethurst. Who knows? And so, uh, but he has a little book, and if you want to buy it, great. It's a uh, little, a smaller book. You could probably get a Kindle version if you want. Uh, that talks about how to approach the text, and I think these things are just good, important things. Uh, we do so prayerfully. Uh, this is the Word of God, and, and part of this is how God's speaking to us, and part of this is how we listen. And so, uh, we have the Holy Spirit inside us. The Holy Spirit helps us understand things, as First Corinthians two talks about. And so, do so prayerfully. Know that this yeah. is, is a spiritual process that you're walking through, not just a academic process um do so yeah yeah go ahead i just think i'd encourage you if you get to a part of scripture that you don't understand just step back and say holy spirit lord help me to understand this yeah absolutely um humbly uh so i think sometimes uh we approach texts that probably uh feel like a little bit of a push in who we are and what we like and what we value and all those kind of things that scripture might be trying to tell us that maybe we shouldn't value those things or live that way and so to approach them humbly to be to be willing to go okay god maybe what you're calling me to do and what you're telling me about myself is different than um how i think it should 
should be. Um, that ultimately, Scripture's authority. We don't we don't come to Scripture with our own authority, but Scripture is the authority itself. Uh, so asking, what is God? God, what do you want to teach me? How do you want me to uh, be changed by encountering your Word uh, desperately? Like this. This is like food, and it should feel like food to our soul, that we are hungry in need of nourishment. And so uh, to have this sort of desperation uh, that I think it, I think the word really should be. Um, studiously, use your brain. I don't think that'll be a problem for this podcast. Uh, obediently, uh, as I said, kind of the question of how now to live joyfully. Um, David talks about God's word being honey to his lips. And I don't know how much that's a part of our mentality, but um, to, to read it. And, and I think David does that because he feels like, the God of the universe isn't removed from him. He's, he's there. He's speaking. He's personal. And uh, to, to have the joy um, and expectantly that, uh, that there should be fruit. There should be uh, something that comes as a byproduct of the process and communally uh, that, uh, as I said in the, in the first session, that you do this with others, that when you have hard questions, you, you go to other people and you ask them and you have conversations about what you're reading and, 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 and you process things with others. Don't do this in a vacuum and, uh, and, and get with others and, and, and ask these questions, talk through this text. That's the beauty of maybe staying chronologically with people. Um, and then Christocentrically, which we already covered, that, 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 that all of Scripture ultimately points to Jesus. And so, any final thoughts, sir? Yeah, I think the other thing I want to emphasize is that there's going to be parts of the Bible you read and you don't understand, or there's going to be parts of the Bible that you read and you don't enjoy, and it's just going to kind of feel like slogging through mud. But our prayer and our hope is that even if you're not enjoying it, which is valid and understandable mm-hmm. yeah. that you still understand the value of it and that it's so worth it for you to invest the time, even if you don't feel like it's feeding you right then and there. Yeah. And the other thing is, is how to learn about this is just to read and read and read again and read again and read again the Bible. Oh, that's great. So thanks. Uh, we'll cover genres of scriptures in the next session and um, yeah, we hope you're enjoying it. Thanks. Yeah.